Podcasting services for Jazzin' Around with David J are provided by ASP Station on the web at www.aspstation.net. Ah, uh, yes, stepping back a little retro here. Memories of 1967, the electrifying Eddie Harrison, the original listen here. Providing us our intro today to a very sober day and reflective day on Jazz and Around. Nonetheless, it is still time for us to go do some Jazz and Around together here, you and I. David Jay here, your host for the next couple of hours of America's Most Informative distinctive and truly unique jazz radio program and normally the most fun jazz radio program you'll find anywhere as well today we still may have some fun certainly but uh, a very sober approach to our overriding kind of archie overarching theme for the day today you may already be aware of it but we'll cover that in a moment Jazz and Around, your weekly jazz magazine that you just simply easily listen to on the radio. Providing you the latest information, upcoming albums, brand new stuff, artist features, interviews, jazz history, the latest in jazz news too. And a look at the Tri-State Club and concert scene in our first hour when we when we find such. There, again, it's obviously limited these days for some time. And in the second hour, a look at jazz festivals on our watch. Also, rather limited, but we'll let you know what we what we know. Also, in the second hour, centerpiece of the program is a look at the Jazz Week chart. The only place you'll find a Jazz Week survey of the top 50 albums, making jazz radio station playlists all across the country. Can't be much more timely than that, right? Podcast hosting services generously provided by ASP Station. Find out more about them, see their website at ASPStation.net. And broadcasts on Sundays by WNJR, WSPR, KWLC, Boston Free Radio, and WWFM Jazz on 2. Now we got so much to do today. So got a lot of great birthdays too, especially this coming Thursday. Lots of activity on the Jazz Week chart, too. So let's just jump in, because we've got so much, so much to do. And let's try to find out what is going on, or has been going on, this past week in jazz. Well, I know you're probably, this is probably not the first time you've heard this. But the biggest news in jazz this week, absolutely the overriding main item at all is the passing of one of the most important and influential figures in all of jazz and maybe all of American music this past 60 or 70 years. George Ween. Mm -hmm. George Ween, the founder of the famed Newport Jazz Festival and its later companion, the Newport Folk Festival, died quietly in his home in New York City this past week. Although he had absolutely no ties whatsoever to any of them, really, in a way, he kind of pioneered the path taken later on by such large music-based events as Woodstock. Uh, you know, 
Really? Right? Uh, sure. Bonnaroo, Coachella, Lollapalooza, South by Southwest, the huge Summerfest, and of course nearly any and all other outdoor massive jazz festivals. Now, this is the guy that pretty much invented it, right? Starting with the highly successful, well, let's put it this way, with the successful. Financially, it was not, financially it was not successful, but the very first weekend held in, a, in quiet, elegant Newport, Rhode Island. 1954, Ween continued the idea annually, and five years later, got together with Pete Seeger. Did you know that? George Ween and Pete Seeger got together to form the first Newport Folk Festival. And that, of course, has become just as prestigious in its own way, in its own genre, as anything else, as the jazz festival, certainly. Back in 1970, a year later, he established the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, which celebrated the music, the culture, the people, certainly the artists, in the Crescent City. We also expanded the Newport Jazz Festival template with minor adjustments to locations all across the U.S. to Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Houston, Atlanta, San Diego, and well beyond into Japan, France, Germany, Italy, elsewhere. In doing so, the festival performing artists themselves became major domestic, even worldwide stars and attractions. You know the list certainly. Louis Armstrong, Dizzy Gillespie, Dave Brubeck, Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Count Basie, Oscar Peterson, Tony Bennett, Miles Davis, McCoy Tanner, Cannonball, just goes on and on and on. And later on, that extended to more contemporary artists, such as Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, Wynton Marsalis, for sure, huh? Diana Krall. And quite literally, literally dozens, if not even hundreds upon hundreds of others. Several performances at the 1958 festival were filmed live and became compelling and historic footage comprising the now classic concert performance film itself, Jazz on a Summer's Day. Seen and heard in that film performing are Louis Armstrong, Thelonious Monk, Dinah Washington, Eric Dolphy, True, Anita O'Day, Sonny Stitt, Chuck Berry even, and a certainly inspiring Mahalia Jackson. If you have not seen that film, I've told you about this many times. If you have not yet even seen that film, you must, must do that. Maybe this is the, the incentive for you to do it. Numerous artists can post to career breakthrough, or certainly at least high points in their career, of performances at Newport. Most famously, perhaps, of course, the Duke Ellington major revival that was based on his 1956 Newport performance featuring Paul Gonsalves. But this also happened to Louis Armstrong, to Miles Davis, to Donna Washington, Ray Charles, Dave Brubeck, certainly Herbie Mann, one of our favorite performances of Newport, and the reunion, after many years apart, of Billy Holiday and Lester Young. 
also for Anita O'Day, for Mel Torme and George Shearing, and a long, long list of others. Appearing at Newport was a high point in their career. Just appearing one gig, <laughs> appearing at the festival. It's enough to do it, but it was magic. Really, it was magic. Ween himself actually did perform at the festival a handful of times. He was a working musician as a jazz pianist while still in high school. Formed his first band. By the time he was 22, he opened a jazz club in Boston called Storyville, where he did often play, but was booking artists that needed to be booked and heard. And not long afterward, he started Storyville Records to further promote the music of artists often overlooked by the major record labels. His impact on the music cannot be overstated. I, I don't even know that it can be actually totally fathomed. And not just on fans, but on the artists and the audiences worldwide that who, who've been moved by not only the artists, but jazz itself. That has been recognized by any number of awards. He was named as a patron of the arts by the Studio Museum of Harlem, earned a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammy Trustees Board. He's awarded the French Legion of Honor, honorary degrees from a handful of colleges and universities, and a 2005 NEA Jazz Mastership. Earned special recognition from two U.S. presidents, not surprisingly, Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, a lifetime trustee of Carnegie Hall, and a distinguished member of the board of the Jazz Foundation of America. Possibly, possibly our most efficient and effective jazz enabler in chief, I guess that's a good way of putting it, responsible for truly countless life-changing musical and most often jazz-related experiences in the lives of quite literally, literally millions of worldwide jazz fans, listeners, writers, broadcasters, including myself, and clearly the jazz artists themselves, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Pianist, producer, pioneer, jazz and arts cheerleader for sure, and genuine humanitarian. Cannot say enough about George Ween. Passed away early last week. He was three weeks shy of his 96th birthday. Oh man, there's just so much. So much to do. We have music to listen to from Newport. We have George Ween to listen to himself. And just our regular stuff. Lots of birthdays to celebrate, especially Thursday of this week. We'll do that. Here's some new ones, some new releases out for you. And follow the Jazz Week chart in our second hour. All that. Right ahead, right around the corner. When Jazz and Around continues. The CDC Parent Portal makes it easy for parents to find information on raising healthier, safer children. Just go to www.cdc.gov parents. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 
Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting, as in Smokey Bear. We were about to head home after a bonfire, and Smokey said the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? No kidding. I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. Kidding. Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Here is George Ween himself on the piano from a 1961 recording in Paris with his Newport Festival All-Stars when the sugar walks down the street. That actually is George Ween playing piano. I mean, I don't know if you knew this or aware of this or not, but he, he was a pretty competent pianist. Okay, no Oscar Peterson or Herbie Hancock or you know even a Monty Alexander, Chick But he, he was a pretty good, pretty good, certainly an adequate pianist, and he could hang with these cats. I mean, that was Vic Dickinson there on trombone, Pee Wee Russell uh, on clarinet, and, uh, and a good, solid band. And he, he, he played jib, jammed with those guys pretty often. Uh, got a chance to see George play piano at a couple of times at our very first Newport Festival back in 2000 during the uh, 
the symposium, the jazz media symposium that he organized. And so very, very thankfully, I got invited to that. And uh, I forever in his debt, and perhaps Deborah Ross for ensuring that I got to be a part of that. It was a very informal, very casual thing at the Newport Mansions. And George played piano at a couple, couple of nights. And I think he performed, he might have performed at the festival itself. But these were kind of private affairs that he played for, for the jazz media people. And uh, it was really quite surprising. Very enthusiastic. Very excited, enthusiastic, and colorful pianist himself. George Weed with the Newport All-Stars there. When my sugar walks down the street from a 1961 recording in Paris. We talked earlier about how the Newport Festival, just appearing at the Newport Festival, made careers, or certainly made high points in careers for many artists. Even the, uh, the, the wonderful Duke Ellington. The, the pinnacle himself of, ja- of a jazz artist in 1956 had his career certainly rejuvenated with his appearance at Newport featuring Paul Gonsalves. On the diminuendo and crescendo in blue, this is a part of that Paul Gonsalves legendary solo. recording of course and you can hear the pandemonium in the audience they were just just going nuts of course i mean they had his his magic to to pop off of and certainly certainly paul gonsalves came to play when when the duke brought him out there and, and he said and i think it's in the live recording where he says just play just you know just just go ahead and, and 20 was it 26 26 or 27 choruses later he had the audience in a frenzy i mean that was just magic and having now i've never been to the original newport i mean back at the uh, at, at the casino the original one at the casino or even at the ball field i've only been at the ones at the fort in the last uh, 20 years or so but it's the same vibe i think it, it just feels the same. there's some magic that george created at Newport that I, I don't I've certainly not felt at any place else even at the festival productions festivals that have been elsewhere the Newport one itself 
There was just a magic. There, I, it's the only word. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just it, it's hard to describe. But there is certainly a, a magic and a tension there that's I, I've I've never felt, never seen replicated any place else. And George is there. I mean, he's he's there on on scene for the entire festival. So maybe that's part of it too. But uh, yeah, that's part of that. In fact, if you can listen to the entire 15 minutes of that Ellington performance of Diminuendo and Crescendo in Blue, uh, you might find yourself <laughs> standing and not even sitting and listening and, and just really getting into it. Here's a performance from 1960 from Newport uh, that was remarkable for a couple of instances. It highlights the educational aspect of the Newport Festival, which was very central to George all of the time. And also the great Cannonball Adderley. In 1960, Adderley agreed to appear with the kids. I, I'm saying that somewhat pejoratively, because <laughs> when you hear these guys play. But there, there was a, a student band. They called it the Newport Youth uh, Orchestra, the Newport Youth Orchestra. They got together. They had a piece specially commissioned for them to write for two, two alto saxophones, Cannonball Adderley drove, physically drove his car in his car, they said 500 miles the day before to be at the festival to do this with the kids. It's called Challenge for Two Alto Saxes, Cannonball, and Andy, a young 16-year-old Andy Marsala. appearing with a teenage, a 16-year-old Andy Marsala. He was the first of the alto players doing the solo. I mean, you can look it up. Check out the entire performance. It's on YouTube. It re it re it's there. Uh, I'd never seen this before, never heard about it before, but this kid uh, standing next to Cannonball Adderley, and he's trading with him. <laughs> he's right with him. And he's 16. Dig it. I just, Wow. Uh, just really, really, and that was not the first time, but uh, George Wing was very adamant that education and jazz education, particularly for youngsters, grade school, high school, and for sure the college college uh, musicians as well, but even into the, to the young kids, had to be a part of the festival, and still is even more so these days as well. But it wasn't just for, you know, such seasoned people to, to come and hit magic, even somebody like George Shearing and his quintet. This one from 1957. You ordinarily think of George Shearing's quintet as elegant and kind of refined and, yes, very swiggin'. 
but uh, also very genteel, right, and sophisticated. Not that this wasn't sophisticated, but this is a Ray Bryant piece called Pawn Ticket, a piece I'm not familiar with. Uh, maybe you are. But recorded live at Newport 1967 and George Shearing's guitarist at the time, none other than Toots Thielman. 1957. Here's Emil Richards on Vibes with him, Al McKibben, the great bassist with the band, and listen to this for George Shearing's quintet from 1967. I think that is 57. I think I may have uh, mistakenly wrote 67 down there. From 1957, a very, very hard-swinging pawn ticket piece written by Ray Bryant. George Shearing's Quintet from Newport, (laughs) another gem. This one that was captured in the film Jazz on a Summer's Day that we talked about. This is the Anita O'Day performance doing Tea for Two, where she, again, the magic of that moment on that stage on that Newport stage, just took Anita, and she went with it. She's here with Jimmy Jones' trio, and, man, they can't even keep up with her. I know we've played this before. You remember this one? Anita O'Day doing Tea for Two from the 1958 Newport Festival film performance of jazz on a summer's day. Picture me upon your knee, cheeky for two and two, but you can't, you see how happy we could be. Nobody near us, see us, here it's friends, relations, we get vacation, won't have it now, we own a telephone there. Dawn will break and you wait me to bake a sugar cake and you to take for all the boys to see. We would dress a family boy for you get, for me get, you see how happy we can be, we three. Picture me upon your knee, cheeky for two and two for two, now can't you see how happy we could be. Nobody near us, see us, see us, friends, relates, we get vacation, won't have it, no, we own a telephone, dear. 
Down the rag and you work, we the back of sugar gang, you to take the cover, what you see. We raise a family boy for you, girl, for me. Can't you see how happy we can be with three? Need to make up on your knee with two for two and two for two. Now can't you see how happy we can be? Nobody lives to see us, there's friends, we let you get the case, what happens? Now we owe the telephone, dear. Down the rack, you work, me the back, sugar gang, you to take. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? I mean, it's not like she's saying just, you know, heck with you guys, I'm going. <laughs> but in a way, she sort of did. And she challenged them. That was not rehearsed. She just got up there and, and, and snapped away the time and just, just ripped it. And Jimmy Jones Trio, God bless him. Uh, let me give him some credit here. That's uh, Whitey Mitchell and Bryant Poole, Joe Poole. Whitey Mitchell and Joe Poole in the Jimmy Jones Trio doing their doggone best, and they really did, kind of, in a way. They didn't necessarily keep up with her, but they were ready when she was ready and right on it. Again, you got to see the film. It's just remarkable performances by everyone, uh, truly landmark historic performances and just a glimpse at the magic that in again in my humble experience in the last 20 years has probably been there since day one in 1954 uh the magic of newport anita o'day from jazz on a summer's day film here is george ween himself discussing a good bit of the early days and also a lot about miles davis you don't often perhaps maybe these days you certainly wouldn't perhaps associate Miles with Newport, but here's kind of the story from George Ween himself. Jazz is like a deck of cards. There are aces, kings, queens, and jacks, then you got other numbers. But if you were going to put on a great festival, you need the aces, and Miles was an ace. Miles Davis, trumpet. Miles Davis. Miles Davis was something else. Miles Davis was a major, major figure in the history of jazz. The most important thing with festivals is they're the greatest possible public relations for jazz. When you bring a festival to a town, all of a sudden the newspapers and the radio are talking about jazz. Musicians know this, they see this happening, and so they're gonna get up on that stage and make themselves felt. Newport in 1954 was the first year it made a lot of news. And so we were going to do it again in 55. And for some reason or other, Miles was, didn't have a band. And I was in a, a club in New York, I forget what club, Basin Street East or one of those clubs, and Miles was at the back of the club. And he says, George, you're going to have a festival up in Newport? I says, yeah. I said, you can't have a festival without me. I said, Miles, you want to be on a festival? He says, you can't have a festival without me. Because he would have a habit of repeating himself. He liked to do that. And we set up for Miles to come up. He was not advertised. Miles was not in the programs because it was so late, but I didn't have, he didn't have a band. Thelonious didn't have a band. Jerry Mulligan didn't have a band. I put together a session with Percy Heath and Connie Kay on drums, Jerry and uh, Thelonious. And that year at Newport, it was a very bad year for sound. We were experimenting with new sound systems. Outdoor music was new. And we were 
continually experimenting with different sound, and we hit a clinker. The sound was terrible that year. But Miles put his horn right in the microphone, which trumpet players didn't do. They played away from the mic or out above it. And he put his horn right in the mic, and it came through clear as a bell. And he played Round Midnight. And that's when George Avakian went up and signed him afterwards. It was the star of the festival. Creating festivals made a major impact on society in general. You couldn't do these festivals that drew large crowds indoors, because we were drawing crowds of 10,000. And by bringing all these musicians together, the record people, the managers, the agents, and the artist families, I mean, it was a convention, and musicians could talk to each other. But they had fun, they could meet, they could mingle. And out, outdoors created that feeling. And festivals to this day, even though they're not jazz festivals, that's, that's, the, that's what the attraction is. It's a meeting place for people. And now you go to the big rock festivals like Coachella. Outdoors creates that feeling. And as long as it doesn't rain, you have a ball. After 59, he says, I'm not sure what I should do. What do you think I should do? And I, of course, am a great traditionalist. I says, Miles, because he'd had tremendous success. I says, play the melody. He says, okay. And he never played the melody again as long as he lived. <laughs> I remember in 1969, and I had all the rock groups there. Miles, who used to come and go as fast as he could go, come and go, stayed for the entire festival stayed on stage to listen to those rock groups to see what their response was with the audience and the relationship. And that's what directed him into changing his whole approach to music. Miles wanted to play to 20 or 30,000 people. And after 69 and 71, Miles started experimenting with different approaches to the music. And he came up with the Bitches Brew Band, which was a great band. There was a lot of interest in that in Europe. And we sold that band everywhere. And uh, uh, it, it was a direction Miles had chosen, but he could, he could still play. I mean, he, he was the musical leader of that band with his horn. I love jazz, and I always say I love jazz from J to Z. These were fantastic moments that I treasure them, and I, I, uh, I really feel an affinity with what Miles' life meant, you know, because he really had a study in the minds of a genius, in the mind of a genius. And Miles was a genius, because he, he was a chameleon. He absorbed, like any great artist, he absorbed everything around him. 
nothing, nothing escaped him. And he utilized all that in his art. And uh, the music on these, on these albums that, that uh, Sony is putting out, they reflected the fascination that people throughout the world had with the music of Miles Davis and what it meant to the American art form that is jazz. George Ween, in his own words, on Miles Davis in the early years of the Newport Jazz Festival and what it meant to him and to, to the artists. Uh, our appreciation to acknowledge the, uh, the, the work, the reporting work of the CNN and AP uh, on that report. Um, boy, boy, I love the statement. I, uh, I love jazz from J to Z. That's <laughs> kind of a, that's a cool statement. I like that. But it really was true about the, the magic of what, not just what was on stage, but what was on stage was kind of a reflection of what was all happening behind stage, backstage, in the artist's room. Because in, at Newport, you were, and I found this out for myself again later in this last 20 years, in the seven or eight festivals that I've attended. But it, it's the vibe, it's, it's the, it's the, the ambiance that this whole festival creates. When you're at Newport, when you're at the festival site, you're at the festival site. There's no place else. This is not like being in downtown Detroit or Philly or D.C. There's not much around there. It's just a tiny little yacht town, tennis town. It's it, And it's small. I mean, it's probably Newport itself. I don't know what has, 20,000, 30,000 population or something. It's a small little town. Almost a... Uh, almost a village but so when you're at the festival you're there i mean there's you can't just walk anyplace else or take a bus to some other club or your hotel or something it's you're there and so the musicians just hang with each other and that's one of the rare times they do get a chance to do that and so there's that mingling and you never really know what's going to happen here is what he was talking about from that 1955 appearance of miles davis with Thelonious Monk, Percy Heath and Connie Kay heard in this excerpt from their version, Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk themselves, doing Round Midnight, Newport, 1955. Thank you. 
simple, perhaps, but absolutely stunning, shimmering performance of Round Midnight. Miles Davis, right there on the mic, as you heard George Ween describing earlier, with Monk playing behind him, and uh, Connie Kay and uh, Percy Heath of the MJQ backing him up there. Miles, uh, the story is, and, and I heard this, heard George Ween tell this story in another one, one of his interviews, that uh, after after his Miles solo, he came backstage and saw George, and he complained to George. He says, "Hey, George, Monk's not even playing all the right changes." <laughs> and George laughed and said, "Miles, he wrote the tune. He's allowed to do that." <laughs> Miles was not pleased. Well, I mean, he clearly played brilliantly there, but uh, even then, you know, he was he was just Miles Davis, being Miles Davis. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so many emotions, so many memories created at the fabled and well-earned, well-deserving of the title fabled Newport Jazz Festival. We have some jazz on the live side that we want to get to. Uh, it is perhaps maybe not that much, but... Uh, it's important that we do that for you. So uh, let's run in here and find out some jazz on the live side. This weekend is the Pittsburgh International Jazz Festival. Kind of a stepchild, certainly not related to, but kind of a stepchild of the original Pittsburgh, the George Ween Pittsburgh Jazz Festival earlier. This one, again, very different on account of the COVID situation. This one is sort of indoors-outdoors at the Highmark Stadium on the south side, but with tickets, ticket admission. All the bands will be appearing at the stadium, except for Chaka Khan, who's at the August Wilson Center, an indoor ticketed event. No longer just free and outdoors and on the streets of Pittsburgh, but... As an experiment, they're doing it this year. Patrice Russian, Kenny Garrett, Christian McBride, Gregory Porter, Branford Marsalis, Diane Reeves, Marcus Miller, Jeff Watts, Jasmine Horn, Lakeisha Benjamin, others. Today, wrapping it up. Tomorrow, we will be joining uh, all of our all of our so many Pittsburgh jazz colleagues and friends both radio and performers uh, at the biggest, the biggest gathering of Pittsburgh jazzers each and every year. Tim Stevens' annual BPEP, the Black Political Empowerment Project benef Jazz Benefit. Used to be Easter Monday, but uh, COVID-19 threw that off greatly. September this year, again, tomorrow evening, starting at 5, 5 o'clock at the Heinz History Center in the Strip District near downtown. I don't know, 60, 70, 80 <laughs> jazz and really, really good jazzers. And kind of the same sort of thing where you never know who's going to end up playing with who that evening until about 11 or 11.30. We will be there with our colleagues on the radio, Bob Studebaker, Scott Hanley, Chuck Levins, Chris Moore, Lynn Hayes, the usual suspects, and Bob Pompiani, actually a sports reporter for KDKA-TV, will be there as well. Hope you get a chance to join us either online or at the Heinz History Center for the annual BPEP Jazz Marathon. Super, super evening. 
Coming up next weekend, 24th and 25th, the Yellow Jackets return to MCG Jazz on the north side. They're all new and improved MCG Theater. October 2nd, Kirk Whalem and Keiko Matsui at the MCG Theater. On the 16th of October, Tierney Sutton and Ann Hampton Calloway together for the first time. One night, one performance. November 6th, how about this one? All right, Georgia On My Mind, a celebration of Ray Charles, whose birthday is this week, we might add. Take six, Nina Freelon and Tom Scott all joining to celebrate Ray Charles and Georgia On My Mind's legacy. Patty Austin will be there Saturday, November 20th, the Hot Sardines with a special holiday stop Christmas-themed program on Saturday, December 4th at MCG. Don't forget there are some places doing jazz live in the clubs, such as Conalma downtown, a little bit of the Friendship Perk and Brew outdoors, much of it outdoors, wherever you're comfortable, wherever you can, however you can, even if you can't attend in person. Try to support jazz when it's live, because really the live musicians are the ones keeping this music alive for us. we got to keep them earning a living, right? We'll come back in a moment with a few new things and more. More of the George Ween legacy. Also, when Jazz and Around continues in a moment. I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm not a doctor, but I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason people trust me. So here I am to say, I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. In math, it's called the distributive property. In people, it's called taking care of one another. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again. Please. Did you grow up in an alcoholic or dysfunctional home? Were you abused or suffered childhood trauma at the hands of a parent or caregiver? Have you tried self-help or counseling without success? ACA can help. ACA is a 12-step recovery program for adults whose lives are affected as a result of being raised in an alcoholic or dysfunctional family. To find out how others like you have found healing from traumatic childhoods, go to adultchildren.org. That's adultchildren.org. Music from Canada. New music from Canada. A group called the Code Quartet, C-O-D-E. The album Genealogy. This, a piece of theirs called Tipsy. (laughs) ¶¶ 
from the Code Quartet, C-O-D-E, from Canada. Mostly original album of fine stuff from the four of them. Genealogy, the name of the album. I think they're from Ontario. I think they're from Ontario. From the Toronto area. The Code Quartet. That's called Tipsy. <laughs> kind of a little bit of Tipsy. Let's go more saxophone with Steve Slagle. Just turning 70, like a week or two ago. His sort of 70th birthday album called Nascentia. Jeremy Pelt featured on trumpet there. Steve Slagle. That's called A New Note. His composition from his latest album, Nascentia. Saxophonist, uh, flutist as well, too, Steve Slagle. Moving on to something brand new from pianist Hiromi. A little different direction for her. It is an original, an original composition of hers, going a little bit on the orchestral side. Kind of moving into a, a, a new aspect of her that she's been wanting to do for a long time, apparently. The album's entitled, entitled The Silver Silver Lining, The Silver Lining Suite, and this piece, Someday, Hiromi. Japanese-born pianist Hiromi with a string ensemble, her own composition as well, Someday, from the original new album Silver Lining Suite. 
wonderful. Oh man, this is... Hope this does well for her. It's usually when you move in a direction like that, it's a little bit more artistic and a little less financially successful, if you will. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Just really, really wonderful music on it. Getting back to our historical birthday celebrations. Celebrating the birthday this week of the late Fats Navarro. Well, that's not him. That's actually the very distinctive sounds of Jaws. Eddie Lockjaw Davis with... Fats Navarro from 1946. Fats Navarro, a 1946 recording called Hollering and Screaming. <laughs> oh, Grace. You know, his career was only, what, four or five years, but uh, he's an immensely influential trumpeter. Gene Ramey and Denzel Best, uh, and actually Huey Long, interestingly enough, on piano there. Uh, from that 1946 recording, a very, very short career, struck by, what was it, tuberculosis or something? He had, he had some condition that... Uh, that precipitated his demise. A little bit of uh, a little bit of heroin use, usage, uh, some obesity, some drinking problems as well. He was he was not a particularly healthy specimen, and uh, did not have healthy lifestyle, obviously either. But the wonderful Fats Navarro, Cuban parents, Cuban lineage, and part Cuban and part Chinese and part African American as well. Interesting background to him, Fats Navarro. Because of his career, his limited career, his profile amongst non-musicians is really, really on the, on the almost obscure side. But as uh, the famous saying once said from no less than pianist Lenny Tristano uh, about Dizzy Gillespie, the comment was really about Dizzy Gillespie, but the comment about Dizzy Gillespie was, yeah, Dizzy Gillespie's a great player, but he ain't no Fats Navarro. <laughs> Gives you some idea of the, the esteem and the respect and the admiration that uh, top flight musicians had for Fats Navarro. And in that short four or five year career, he had a chance to play with Charlie Parker, Benny Goodman, Lionel Hampton, Andy Kirk, Kenny Clark, Tad Dameron, Illinois Jacquette, obviously uh, Eddie Lockjaw Davis, in just that four or five year span. Uh, an immensely influential and important trumpeter. And if you're not familiar with his music, check him out. There are at least a couple of albums of his that are available. You can find them easily and enjoy. Here's the Chico Hamilton Quintet featuring Eric Dolphy from the mid-late 1950s. Wherever I Go. 
Frank Dolphy appearing with the Chico Hamilton Quintet there from the album Wherever I Go. Chico Hamilton is one of the really more underappreciated masters and pioneers, particularly of jazz drumming. His groups were so innovative in the 1950s and 1960s. Chico Hamilton would be 100, or would have been 100 tomorrow, would have been his birthday. L.A., born and bred, and uh, had a good long life, too. Uh, passed away in 2013. Performances as a supporting artist and also as a collaborator, not just with his own bands, but with the likes of Charlie Mingus, Dexter Gordon, Lionel Hampton, Charlie Barnett, Nat King Cole himself, Lady Day. That's right. He drummed behind Lady Day. Also for Mr. B as well, too, Billy Eckstein. Um, six years with Lionel ha- with Lena Horne and uh, performed with the Pianolist Quartet, which was a groundbreaking thing in the mid-1950s. Um, again, the late Chico Hamilton, Centennial. His Centennial will be tomorrow. Wouldn't be a bad idea to go check out some of his music. David J. here with you, jazzing around. Let's uh, take a look at this one. Not a birthday, but a passing this week in his jazz history. Jaco Pastorius. Jaco Pastorius died of a brain hemorrhage caused by a tragic beating outside of a Florida club in 1987. He was just 35. His composition, one of his best known, used to be a cha-cha, featuring the great Hubert Laws here. 1976, Jaco Pastorius passed this week, 1987. Hour number two, jazz and around, more memories of George Ween, more birthdays, and the Jazz Week chart in a moment. Podcasting services for Jazz and Around with David J are provided by ASP Station on the web at www.aspstation.net. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of threatening calls from telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. These calls are not from us. Hang up and report the call at oig.ssa.gov. I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and here's why. This isn't about gimmicks or sentiments or what commercial I like. This is about facts. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. When you need more information, use a reliable source, like the CDC website, and get the facts. This is a message from the CDC. Travel increases your chance of getting and spreading COVID-19. State, local, and territorial governments may have travel restrictions in place, including testing requirements, stay-at-home orders, and quarantine requirements upon arrival. For up-to-date information and travel guidance, check the state and local health departments where you are, along your route, and where you're going. To learn more, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. 
The longer you live in retirement, the more you'll receive in Social Security retirement benefits. Visit our Life Expectancy Calculator to see how long you might be able to receive retirement benefits. Visit www.socialsecurity.gov slash planners slash lifeexpectancy.htm. Welcome back to Jazzing Around Here, hour number two, second half of the program today. Celebrating the birth date of the late Wayne Henderson, charter member of those fabulous crusaders, the Jazz Crusaders. One of the more prominent compositions of Wayne Henderson for the Crusaders, 1979's album Those Southern Nights. Navarro. Also, the great Ellington singer Herb Jeffries, all born on the same date, September 24. Great trombonist Wayne Henderson, born in Houston, Texas, along with the other Crusaders, 1939, though, for him. their own subgenre of music. Uh, how do you describe the Crusaders? Other than to say they were the Crusaders. I mean, yeah, sure, you could say you know jazz and R and B and gospel and blues all mixed in there, and kind of that southern you know Gulf vibe thing happening. But it all just kind of coalesces into truly just simply the Jazz Crusaders. They had their own sound, created their own thing, immediately recognizable. And uh, what a success for so many decades. The late Wayne Henderson celebrating his birth date would have been 82, right? 82 this week. One of our favorites from the European Union, Barbara Dennerline. What a fabulous organist. Very low-key, but man, she's got the music inside of her. Her 1999 album, Out Hipped. Oh, with Jeff Watts smoking here on the drum section. Craig Handy, Dan Barrett, Mitch Watkins. Organist Barbara Dennerline and her group from the Out Hipped album celebrating her birthday this week. 
Born in Munich, Germany, David J. here, Jazz It Around, hour number two, as we're kind of uh, marking the loss of uh, George Ween. I mean, he was 95 going on 96, missed his 96th birthday, so I think it said October 3rd. Uh, what a personality, what a, what a passion. Um, he has laid down so many bars to perhaps reach, so very inspiring. And I've uh, got a chance to, the opportunity and the fortunate was so fortunate and then luck to have been able to share some of his experiences and some of his person some of his personality I was in his company four five six times uh, at mostly at newport although at a couple of other places just getting that close to someone with that much of an impact on this music is very very inspiring we are also celebrating the birth dates of lots and lots of jazzers and jazz influenced people that of songwriter, composer Harry Warren. Oh my gosh, did he add to the jazz canon? How about this piece? Pianist Andre Previn, bassist Ray Brown, and Joe Pass together on a Harry Warren classic. Harry Warren compositions, piece so enjoyed, I actually had to learn it myself. One of the few, one of the few pieces I actually could play, at least decently. Really love those upbeat Harry Warren pieces, kind of like this one too, done by Art Tatum from his 1954 solo masterpieces, The Boulevard of Broken Dreams. 
working on the Harry Warren Composition Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Harry Warren, it wasn't his birthday, it turns out. It was his passing, though, 40 years ago this week. 40. 40 years ago this week. He had a good, long career. Uh, his songwriting goes way back. I mean, way back. How about this one? It's one of the early Harry Warren pieces. Lulu's back in town. Harry Warren wrote, it's still so attractive to perform, it's just so much fun, really. Jason Moran and his trio from the album All Rise, a joyful elegy, kind of dedicated to the music and the inspiration of Fats Waller. A lot of the Harry Warren compositions with lyrics by Al Dubin, Mac Gordon, and even lyrics by Johnny Mercer from this 1954 recording, as done by Tony Bennett and the Count Basie Band. Another of the early Harry Warren favorites, Little Jeepers Creepers. Hey! Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those eyes? Gosh, oh, get up, how'd they get so lit up? Gosh, oh, get up, how'd they get that size? Golly gee, when you turn those heaters on, woe is me. I gotta put my cheaters on Jeepers, creepers Where'd you get those peepers? Oh, those weepers How they hypnotize Where did you get those eyes? <laughs> oh, man, totally met it It is 1954 Prime With Count Basie heard there on piano The 1954 edition of the Basie Band included the two Franks. Frank Foster, whose birthday is also this week. Golly gee, when you turn those heaters on. Kind of surprising because I keep forgetting that actually Harry Warren wrote this one as well. Kind of surprising, but I guess it all fits in with his ouvoir. Miller, big hit of 1941, the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Thank you. 
Charlie Warren actually wrote probably as many hits, hits, bona fide hits that made charts and you know lots of cover renditions than oh, almost anybody else. I mean, really, when you look at the list of them, some of the songs he gave us, uh, other than the ones we heard, uh, The Lullaby of Broadway, The Shadow Waltz, September in the Rain, I Had the Craziest Dream, We're in the Money, oh, the classic, At Last, At Last, You're Getting to Be a Habit with Me, You'll Never Know, I'm just on and on and on, including another of my longtime favorites. This one, as performed by Henry Johnson with Nancy Wilson. The more I see you, the more I want you. Somehow this feeling just grows and grows. With every sigh, I become more mad about you. Such good stuff. Henry Johnson doing the vocal as well as the guitar work alongside a Nancy Wilson on the other microphone. It is music of Salvatore Guaragno. Salvatore Guaragno. I think I got that right. Guaragna. I'm sorry, Guaragna. Passed away in 1981, 40, 40 years ago this week. Boy, it's so true. The music of Harry Warren will likely never die, never go away. Nor will the legacy of George Wing. I mean, clearly, clearly. David J. here with you. We're jazzing around in this uh, middle of, just about the middle of September, looking at the uh, fall equinox coming up this week. Wow. The summer officially over. (laughs) For better or for worse, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, true. Very, 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 very true. Time for us to take a look at the Jazz Week chart, and uh, starting at the, near the bottom, at the anchor near the anchor position, an artist we've talked about quite a bit earlier, including George Ween, talking about Miles Davis. A festival appearance from Europe in 1991, late, very late in his career, clearly. Alongside of Kenny Garrett, the Merci Miles album. This is Hannibal, album 48, this week. from the album Merci, Miles, album 48 this week, from 1991, still been on the charts for over two months. 
Coming in at album number 47, guitarist Dan Wilson. Vessels of earth and wood back up into the top 50. Marking his admiration of the music of Pat Metheny, along with Christian McBride behind him. of the music of Pat Metheny, but well-deserved in any jazz master himself. Guitarist Dan Wilson, a really fine effort. That is Metheny's work, James, from Vessels of Earth and Wood, album 47, this week. Speaking of guitar, how about Mike Stern, huh? Featured with the Harvey S. Harvey Swartz Trio, 1985. Just released album, Going For It. Particularly well-focused, my goodness, Mike Stern there. Woo! Uh, <laughs> from Boston. 1985, with uh, Harvey S. leading the trio and Alan Dawson at the drum set. Album 46, his first week, actually on the top 50 this week. At the top of the Jazz Week, top 50... For seven weeks earlier, altoist Greg Abate and the Kenny Barron tribute album Magic Dance. delightful album of all Kenny Barron compositions featuring Kenny Barron on piano there with Greg Abate the saxophonist that is Magic Dance from the album of the same name 
Album number 41 this week, the pianist Benito Gonzalez. In his highly McCoy-Tyner-inspired way, Sing to the World, the name of the album. Strong as a <laughs> as an uncut drink there for you. Sing to the World, the name of the album. Freedom, Benito Gonzalez and Company, album 41. After four and a half months on the chart and still strong. Coming in at album 38, only its third week out. UK guitarist Chris Standring. His new album, Wonderful World. from Chris Standring, The Wonderful World. You might recognize the melody there of Estate. Beautiful tune. Coming in at album number 34, a former top 10 album by the almost completely unknown, previously unknown, Dara Tucker. The album Dreams of Waking. Oh, uh, you know this one. Wait in the water Wait in the water, children Wait in the water God's gonna trouble the water Wait in the water Wait in the water, children Wait trouble the water Who's that young girl strong, strong voice and approach Good stuff from Dara Tucker Dreams of Waking the name of the album One of our longtime favorites as well on that wade in the water Coming at an album number 34 a whole trio of fine alto saxophonists The album is called Altoism Cheryl Cassidy featured on her own piece called The Cedar Groove. 
Sherelle Cassidy and her colleagues, her alto colleagues, <laughs> on the album Altoism there. A little cedar groove. Album number 34 this week. Coming in at album number 33. And speaking of great altoists, oh my goodness, great altoists. Miguel Zenon featured with Charlie Sepulveda and his turnaround band. Former top three album on the chart, 33 this week. Latin Jazz, Charlie Sepulveda and his turnaround band featuring Miguel Zenon. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hey, speaking of tasty things, not so much hot, but we've got a lot of cool <laughs> and fresh stuff here at the buffet table. And uh, if you haven't gotten back there to the second hour here, please, by all means, do, do, do. We have some iced tea today. Not really ice in the tea, but it's cool. It's been cold. <laughs> you know, you put too much ice in iced tea, it just waters it down, right? Got some great new cheeses for you, a lot of fresh fruit, great in-season fruit for you. So please, take advantage of the buffet table. It is open for your pleasure. More music for your pleasure. Julian Lodge, the title tune of his new album, Squint. Album 32 this week. Julian Lodge, the album Squint, that is the title piece at album 32 this week. Coming in at album 31, another well-done album by a rising star of jazz, Alexa Tarantino. The Firefly album. This is called Ruthless, I'm sorry, Rootless, Ruthlessness. Thank you. 
Wedding music there for her too, huh? Yeah. That also is her composition, Ruthless Ruthlessness. Benjelis on vibes and the great Rudy Royston there on drums. Man, making that happen. Coming in at album 29, a brand new one on the chart for us. Actually, it's second week out. Pianist, composer Lisa Hilton. Her newest release, Transparent Sky. Uh, you recognize that melody, right? God bless. God bless the child. appreciate artists who can take a piece of music that you know so well and just has kind of been burned into your brain one way and then they just do something different with it and take it somewhere else love that god bless the child lisa hilton and her trio rudy royston again on drums lucas curtis her steady bassist for the years brand new album is transparent sky Lisa Hilton, second week out. It's number 29 this week. Formerly a number 15 album, slipped here this week to 25. Pianist Dave Bass with his trio album, Volume 1. Redoing the Bud Powell piece, Tempest Fugit. Good stuff from the trio, Volume 1. Dave Bass leading his trio into Bud Powell's Tempest Fugit. One more before we take a quick step aside for an abbreviated look at our festival watch. Drummer, producer, and album label owner nowadays, Willie Jones III and Company. The album called Fallen Heroes, honoring Jimmy Heath here. The tune is called CTA, a Jimmy Heath classic here. 
with saxophonist Sherman Irby, Jeremy Pelt on trumpet there, George Cable's on piano. What a lineup. Pretty good producer, really. <laughs> He's got to be. Willie Jones III at the drum set as well on Jimmy Heath's tune, CTA, the album Fallen Heroes. Peaked earlier at a number seven. In, yeah, it was in the top ten for several weeks. Coming up back with the uh, top 20 on the Jazz Week chart, all the way up to number one when we return in a moment. But first, it's time for us to take a look at some jazz on the festival front. There is. I mean, there is. <laughs> there is some front. Several of the major jazz festivals have been canceled or certainly been downscaled widely, including the Pittsburgh Jazz Festival. Wrapping up this weekend, uh, wrapping up today, actually. No longer a free outdoors and downtown thing with multiple stages. It's much more contained. Sort of indoors, but not at the Highmark Stadium on the south side. But it's a big ticket price. It's not a, just a free and outdoor thing. Diane Reeves, Marcus Miller, Branford Marsalis, Gregory Porter, Patrice Russian, Kenny Garrett, a lot more. Check your check their website for the schedule of things going on later today. It's the 10th annual John Coltrane International Jazz and Blues Festival, still as far as we know, set up for next weekend. Coltrane's birthday, of course, this week, on the 23rd, at Festival Park in High Point, North Carolina. While the Chicago Jazz Festival and even the earlier Chicago Blues Festival canceled, uh, they're still planning on at least having a, a three-set jazz night. They did, uh, what, last week? And uh, this weekend, having a blues night, just one night. Uh, still upcoming, they will have a smaller, much smaller uh, jazz festival, the Hyde Park Jazz Festival, September 25 and 26 in Chicago. To look into the Monterey. I'm not sure. Monterey should be what uh, couple in this next weekend or so. The Canadian festivals are in a series of mostly mostly canceled or postponed. The Montreal Festival is completely downscaled from something like 10 or 20 stages to five stages, and halfway, you know, cut in half from 10 days to five days. But if you're in the area, if you're in Montreal or near, and want to check that out, go to their website for the details on that one. Yeah, I know, the whole world is changing. Yeah. But, hopefully, by next year, we can be changing for the better. We keep hoping. We really do keep hoping. You got it. What else can you do? Anyway, coming back with the top 20 on the Jazz Week chart, all the way up to number one, when Jazz of the Round returns in a moment. Americans are grilling more than ever, but before the barbecue begins, follow a few simple tips to ensure your grilling experience is a safe one. First, when lighting a grill, make sure you keep the top open. Never use matches or lighters to check for leaks. When using propane, always use or store the tank outdoors in an upright position. 
and keep away from high temperatures. For more information on safe grilling, be sure to visit usepropane.com. A message from the Propane Education and Research Council. I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and here's why. This isn't about gimmicks or sentiment or what commercial I like. This is about facts. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. When you need more information, use a reliable source like the CDC website and get the facts. Featuring a lot of great guitar work here today, this from John Stein. His trio album, Serendipity. Serendipity album 19 this week. Coming in at album 18 and still slowly rising up the charts, pianist Bobby West. From his album Limert Park, After Dark, this is his tune called The Shadow Ballet. Bobby West. His tune, Shadow Ballet from the Limerick Park After Dark album. Coming in at album number 17, a former top five album earlier, Nina Freelon, her latest album. I, I only know what I know. The passing years will show. You've kept my love so young, so new. Time after time, you'll hear me say that I'm so lucky to be Nina Freelaw, so very personally 
important to her, this newest album, Time Traveler, following a long period of losses in her own family. Looking back on being a time traveler, a little time after time, album 17. Coming at album number 15, one of the more successful albums of this year. Haven't spent, uh, what was it, three, four weeks as number one earlier. Vincent Herring, preaching to the choir. Chestnut at his side on the piano there. Preach into the choir. One of his originals. Album 15, still this week, after what, four months on the Jazzweed chart. Coming in at album number 14 and still moving up. Pianist Art Hirahara with Ben Jalice on vibes at his side. This is the title piece from the new album Open Sky. with Art Hirahara and his quartet from the album Open Sky, number 14. Coming in at album number 11, just one shy of the top 10 this week, bassist Leon Dorsey back with another winner. This album entitled The Freedom Jazz Dance, featuring a new colleague of his, Marcos Valera on piano.
It is Marcos Valera along with Leon Dorsey and Mike Clark on Home Cooking, a Hilton Ruiz composition from Freedom Jazz Dance number 11 this week. Yet another week in the top 10 for the wonderful combination of Roy Hargrove and Mulgrew Miller together from 2006 in Harmony, the album. tribute to Mr. Hill, Andrew Hill. That's called Blues for Mr. Hill, Roy Hargrove's composition. He and Mulgrew Miller together from 2006, the duo performance, the album In Harmony, former number four album on the chart. Pianist Oren Evans still moving up the charts. His album The Magic of Now. This is Libra. names of the upcoming artists. Pianist-composer Oren Evans from his album Magic of Now. His composition Libra, featuring an even younger up-and-coming name, Emmanuel Wilkins. They're on alto sax. Album Lucky 7 this week. Coming in at album number 6, the veteran, successful, but still I think underappreciated, George Cables. His latest album, Too Close for Comfort. friend of his that's called Climo from the album Two Close for Comfort, former two album on the chart for three weeks in a row. Number six, still this week. Coming in at album number five, a number one album itself, number one, five weeks earlier. 
organist Mike Ladon, his Groover Quartet, and the big band from the album All Your Fault. <laughs> yeah, All Your Fault. Featuring saxophonist Eric Alexander there. Might have recognized the melody. Biggest part of me. Would have not ever suspected that, that would have made quite a swinging jazz piece, but Mike LaDon did, and I'm glad he did. <laughs> Coming out at album number four this week, and clearly still moving up the chart, Sounds from the Ancestors. We heard him earlier with the Miles Davis from 1991. This is Kenny Garrett on his own piece called For Art's Sake. sake from the new album sounds from the ancestors rising up to number four this week it's only been out a few weeks the baylor project at number three continuing number two moving up to the runner-up spot terry gibbs and his thrasher dream trios a double album doing all songs of his father terry gibbs keep it up. You'll have to buy the album and listen and see. That particular dream trio, Jeff Keezer on piano and the fabulous Mr. Christian McBride on the bass. I mean, they are just seriously swinging on a piece by Terry Gibbs called Nutty Notes. Tune I didn't know before, but I'm loving all of a sudden. Jerry Gibbs and the Thrasher Dream Trio is in the runner-up spot this week. 
holding down number one now for the fourth week in a row. Brazilian pianist, producer, band leader, arranger, Antonio Adolfo. His entire album of Jobim favorites called Jobim Forever. Bonus Rafael Rocha in the T-Bone spotlight there. Antonio Adolfo, a master at making the familiar sound not quite as familiar, but certainly just as refreshing as the first time you've heard it. Agua de Beber, a Jobim classic from the number one album four weeks in a row. I guess we've made it here, huh? All the way to the top. Thank you for being with us these couple of hours of Jazz and Around. We certainly hope you'll join us again next time. And bring a friend with you, too. We'll have enough provisions over in the buffet table for you. I'm certain of that. And if you do bring a friend, we'll have a comfy seat waiting for them as well, too. Thanks to the folks at ASP Station for getting us podcast to you since 2005. How about that? Worldwide. As a matter of right, sure. And thanks to our partner radio stations for airing us when they can. WNJR, WSPR, KWLC, Boston Free Radio, and WWFM Jazz on 2. Our program today obviously dedicated to the legacy, to the math, to the influence, everything. All the inspiration of the late George Wheaton. And to Carolyn McClare, thank you, Carolyn, for opening up the door to Mr. Ween for us on so many occasions. Appreciate that. Do have yourself a good week, a safe week, a fun week, and keep on swinging. We'll see you next time, of course, when we both get together to go jazzing around again. Podcasting services for Jazz and Around with David J are provided by ASP Station on the web at www.aspstation.net. <laughs> <laughs>